be with us through these next songs, God, as we sing to you and we worship you. And we remember, God, that you are in control. You are in every situation, God.
mountains may tremble and see their love.
his face and uh, there are times I'd be I'd be talking and then there are times I'd be just I'd just be silent listening to what God had to say there were several times in this last couple weeks I found myself just weeping um, in his presence Feeling the loss of relationships through the years, wrestling with things that are going on currently in the body. You know, I I, I remember back when I uh, um, first took uh, my daughter, my my first daughter. To college and dropped her off in Oregon, and I and I took a train back, and I and I weeped all the way home. Um, now we were still in relationship, but but I was saying goodbye to her, and there was going to be a, a different level of relationship there. This week I encountered more of that with um, some families in our church, uh, a family that I love dearly, and uh, and still in good relationship with them. Um, but um, we had one of our, our, our members, one of our leaders that just felt like God was um, giving them some new direction and, and they're making a transition, um, uh, the Miracle family. And so um, they're making a transition of uh, 
churches right now and they're not sure what is next for them but they felt that God was giving them a release and so we wrestled with some things and uh, and right now I just I ask you to pray for them in this time you know more than anything I mean I I take it um, <laughs> I take it very personally anytime someone uh, leaves I'm I am very connected with every family But I also believe as a church, there are times that we walk through things and we don't understand the fullness of everything going on. And so we, we have to wrestle with these things and we have to seek God and we have to pray God's blessing on people. And so uh, I'd like us to just sing through this song again. In the midst of the song, as the Lord puts on your heart, pray for the Miracle family. Pray that God speak to them. And uh, pray for us as a church as we grieve a loss. Um, not a relationship, but a loss of presence um, because they were so involved in so many areas. And so um, But uh, as we worship, I just want us to understand there are so many things going on all around us that we really don't fully understand we see in part scripture says and so because we see in part sometimes um, our thoughts are in part and we don't realize it so I, I don't want you to fixate on uh, on why what I want you to fixate on is God's direction for them and for our church in this time. So let's worship again and uh, let's pray for, you know, all, you know, both the miracles and our family, our church family as well. Defender of my heart. 
Praise God, you can be seated, church body. Hallelujah. We are in a fight. Do you know that? Um, <laughs> we are in a fight. Sometimes we don't know what we're fighting for, and that creates um, some of our issues, you know. Um, But we are in a fight um, for the souls of men and women, uh, of children. We are in a fight for the lives of uh, our neighbors, um, the people that we work with. Sometimes in the midst of those fights, you have to to go into the battle with uh, a different approach. And... um, as we were approaching the end of last year and starting this year, there was a greater level of intensity in my spirit. Um, so I knew things were, were preparing to happen. And uh, none of them are easy, you know. Um, but I, I, I want you to know um, that God knows what's going on. And that he is never caught off guard. Uh, He is always prepared. And strategically, there are times, um, and the battles are ahead, because it's not just our church, but it's the body of Christ. And the battles that are ahead, God sometimes relocates um, warriors. um, and, And sometimes we don't always understand it. And it's because we only see the fight we're in. Um. So as, as I was praying, especially this week in wrestling with this, um, there were lots of whys and not one answer, <laughs> you know, not one. And there are times that we struggle with that. How many of you like answers every time you go to prayer? <laughs> I, I, how many of you think you should get one? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I remember my, you know, actually I don't remember, it's still present, you know, my children uh, are still that way if they come to me for something and, uh, and I give them an answer, it's not acceptable just to give them a simple, you know, yes or no um, or because. Because has never worked well for my children. Has because worked well for any of you? <laughs> um, we want to know why. And, uh, and we're no different with God. When, when God makes a decision, um, we think, God, you should have consulted me first. And, uh, and God sits back and, and, and I you know, remember as Job was wrestling with some of the issues going on in his life, and he says, you know, were you there when I created the world? <laughs> and then we say, you're right. I'm sorry. I see, really, I only see what I want to see. <laughs> it's, it's not even I see what's present. I, look out, I can look out at all of you and your lives today, and, and, and with my, my limited awareness of what's going on in your life, I can make a, a, a certain um, decision or assessment of where I feel that you're at.
but I only know in part. <laughs> and really, even, with, even if I knew everything that went on this week, I don't know everything that's gone on in your life that's developed you into who you are. And because of that limited awareness, any assessment I make is going to be in part. And so, I want you to have that awareness as we enter into this message today, and it's going to continue on into next week, regarding spiritual warfare. We are in a fight. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, <laughs> prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he, seeking someone to devour. Let's pray. Father, give us insight, give us wisdom. Help us apply your word rightly to our lives. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Be sober-minded, controlled, not um, influenced by other things. Um, we, we think of the word sober today in relationship to people um, who are not drinking alcohol. They're sober. It means they're in their right mind. Scripturally, when we are focusing on this sober-minded, we're, we're in our right, we're in a place that we're not being influenced by an outside thing. Be sober-minded, Scripture says. Be watchful. So not only do you have, is there a responsibility for us to be in our right mind, but then we are, we are to keep an eye out for all the things that are going on around us. Right. And the reason is because we have an enemy. We have an enemy. Now, in our modern day church, this, this concept really is lost many times because we don't want to address an adversary like that. We don't want to identify that someone actually is out for our destruction. But, but the truth is, there is someone that doesn't want you to prosper. There is someone that doesn't want you to advance. There is someone that doesn't want you to grow in your faith. Have, have any of you ever noticed that the, the day you make a decision to do something better for yourself, there is a greater level of opposition? Um, whether it is getting in, in shape, whether it's exercising more, whether it's eating better, whether it's growing in your faith, there is greater level, greater levels of adversary coming at you, obstacles, challenges. The truth is, Satan would rather you choose to not do anything else to better yourself. If you decide to do nothing, he'll leave you alone. You are not a threat to him. But the day you make a decision that you are going to begin to study God's word more uh, aggressively, more thoroughly, 
that you're going to begin to fast and pray. You're going to begin to seek God differently. The enemy is going to come at you. Genesis 3.1 tells us that the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of, the, of any tree in the garden? As I reflected on this this week, I started to think one of the, one of the tactics of the enemy is that that he will get us to begin to question what God actually has said to us. He'll begin to question. And, and do, if you notice that he's, he's not telling you God didn't say this, but he's wanting to create some level of doubt in your life. When Eve comes back and he says, and she says what you know, God said, she actually added to it. And see, and that's one of, the, one of the strategies of the enemy is to get us to, to mishandle God's word. He is crafty. He is, he is deceptive. His desire is very clear. It is to kill. It is to steal and to destroy. That's what he's out. That's what he has been about from the very beginning. From the garden itself, Satan comes into this world wanting to destroy relationship. He wants to break off fellowship. From from that moment of deception, Eve gave in to the one thing God had told them not to do. One thing. (laughs) Can you imagine... Your children having complete authority and permission to literally do anything they want in life except for one thing. And then they come to a place of doing that one thing. And they knew there was a serious consequence to that one thing. It was the severing of a relationship tie that would change how they interacted with God for the rest of their lives. Now, God still loved them. God still had a plan for them, but God literally walked in the garden with them and spent time with them every day, interacting with them. And there was no guilt, and there was no, uh, there was no shame. There was no struggle God took care of them in such an intimate way. We, as believers, need to equip ourselves with an awareness that Satan is not going to come with a name tag. He comes in a, in a manner to deceive us. And it's our responsibility to begin to study the Word of God in such a way that we understand. God's Word tells us in Psalm 119, verse 105, that thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Earlier in the chapter, 
Verse 11, it says, Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. See, God's word provides us with that level of preparation. That level of awareness about everything going on within our our own individual relationship with God as well as the things that are going on in the world around us. See, I started thinking about it when, when banks and different you know, groups train um, individuals to spot counterfeiters. They, they didn't train those individuals to study all the counterfeit items out there. <laughs> they trained them to study the authentic, real thing. They made them feel it. Smell it. They, they became so intimately aware of that, that money that they were to be studying that when something was presented that was false, all these different signals started to go off to identify that this is a problem. See, I want you to understand that there are a lot of self-help books out there in the world. But there is one book that God has given us that, give us that gives us direction for life. And that's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. I, I, you all see me, I use my iPad every Sunday. But God's Word is such a valuable thing. I, um, throughout my lifetime, I've had, you know, probably only about 12 different Bibles. Um, I still have the very first Bible that I was ever given at 16 years of age. It's a King James only Bible. How many of you have a good King James Bible? Okay. Um, I would would have to tell you probably 90% of the Bible verses that I still remember are in King James. Now, I've tried memorizing in other translations. And I still, for some reason, even though it is, it is not, a, it is not a, a translation that I read fluently, <laughs> if I have to read it out loud, it's probably the last one that I would like to read out loud in length. I can quote verses very well. <laughs> but it's like I struggle with some of that, that, that old English style reading. Um, I've never thrown away a Bible <laughs> that um, has been given to me. Um, I, I hand out a lot. I give away a lot. Now, I have never even thought about giving that Bible away. I will go out and buy someone a brand new one. But, but that Bible will stay with me. There's notes on it that I probably have no idea what God actually said to me at that moment. Because, you know, I mean, I started writing in that when I was 16. But it's, it's precious to me. But see, God's Word is the one thing that we should study. There's so many out there. The one-year Bible. I I loved it when they came out with these because they help people to begin to process the Word of God and read it every day. People did better when someone said, read this. And and it didn't matter where where they were at. They could open up and say, oh, look, it's uh, January or May 28th, and it gives us what we should read, all the different things, so that we can read through the Bible in one year. 
And I love that aspect about this. And now we have, you know, version on our apps or in all these different Bible programs. And I love those too. That's what I utilize 90%, well, probably 100% of the time is, you know, I read a Bible at size 28 font and, and, and they just don't print those. And now I'm serious. I, you see me with glasses and, and most of you probably couldn't read through my glasses. But I'm thankful God created the technology that allows us to do that. But you know what? I read the Bible every day. (laughs) Because it is the only thing out there that gives me the ability to know when the enemy is misleading me. It is the only thing out there that gives me the awareness that, that the enemy is trying to set me up for a fall. Have you ever felt someone come along and they begin to puff you up, they begin to say all these kind things about you, and you've previously had a very rocky relationship with them? And you, you know that something's amiss, that something's not right. See, that's a tactic of the enemy. Because the enemy has always worked about this, this process that if, if he can get you focused on, oh, how good and how great you are, it is easier for you to fall. Because when he brings the hammer down, you weren't expecting it, and you open yourself up to a level of attack that um, you didn't have to. But the only way you're ever going to win those battles and be aware of them as if you know the word of God. You know, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. It wasn't just that David needed an awareness of God's word to deal with the problems of state. He needed it so that he didn't allow himself to enter into a situation that was going to compromise his life. Every day... We have the opportunity to make a decision that if we make the wrong one can literally compromise our lives and the lives of our family. Do you realize that? One poor decision can change your entire family life. Guard. Be watch, be sober-minded, be watchful, be looking for this enemy that is roaming around. If you've ever seen a lion out in the wilderness, you know, preying on an enemy, they don't just come out and immediately start running. They sneak up. They, they wait till they, they have a position that that person or that, uh, that prey is not paying attention, and then they attack. And they don't start sounding this big old sound to let it know it's coming. They're very subtle. They want to be deceptive in their attack. And see, and that's how, that's how Satan moves. He is subtle. He is deceptive. His desire is to destroy you. He doesn't want to be your friend. And we have to create that mindset that says, I'm in a fight. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, 
We are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Um, I grew up in a fighting family. Um, How many of you have ever boxed? Okay. I only brought one set because I didn't want to have a temptation of bringing somebody up here to fight me because I I didn't want to lose. Because... Besides not, you know, growing up in a fighting family, I also grew up where I never wanted to lose a fight. <laughs> now, when you enter into a boxing ring in, a, in, a, in an organized fight, there are rules, right? You have to approach the fight in the... You both had the same mindset, you know. But the one who has prepared the best, when the rules are going when the rules are being honored, has the greatest chance of fighting. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest boxy, boxers I ever watched fight was Mike Tyson. And he was a machine. He was an animal. Literally. I, I watched the fight when he bit somebody's ear off. <laughs> he got in a lot of trouble for that fight. But the man was out of control in this, and he trained like no one else. And he literally had the ability to to destroy people physically. See, we're in a fight, church, but the problem is, even though we approach it with, okay, I've got these all these rules, the enemy doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't care. You put on your gloves, get ready for the fight, and he pulls out a gun. Or a knife. Because he doesn't care about rules. It's not ever going to be a fair fight when you deal with the enemy. He's going to come at you with every mistake you've ever made in your life. (laughs) He's going to come at you with um, all the things that you've failed in. He's going to come at you with your fears. Because he knows that as soon as he can get you fixated on those things, that he has the ability to destroy you. See, that's why in our, in our scripture it, it talks about that we have to take every single thought captive to obey Christ. When you are entering into the fight spiritually, you cannot allow your thought life To take time off. (laughs) Even when the the fight goes long, even when the fight is wearing you out, you have to stay present in the fight. You have to focus. Because you never know when that blow that you have the ability to throw will take your enemy out in that moment. Now, you have to be aware, even if you take him out in that moment, he's coming back. You don't have the ability to destroy him entirely forever. There is coming a day, according to Scripture, that he is going to be destroyed. He's going to be cast out. 
And there is one that's been appointed (laughs) that will take him out. But you have the ability to defeat him every day in your life. He doesn't have authority over you once you profess Christ as Savior. He has no authority in your life. The only power and authority that the enemy has over you is what you grant him every day. If you choose to acknowledge the word of God, and that's why you have to know the truth. See, the enemy wants you to focus on your past and not your present and your future. And yet you have the ability to remind him of his past every day and that he no longer has any power in your present or your future. The reality is everything that you did before you came in here today, none of it matters for who God is calling you to be in tomorrow because you can't go back and change it. Now, I'm not telling you there aren't some ramifications from those decisions. You know, if you ate 14, you know, cucumbers before you came into church, even though it may be healthy, there could be consequences to it, right? You know, if, if, if I sat down this morning and... All right, last week I was in my time of fasting. And... Um, and I just did a liquid fast. And I, uh, it was a struggle for me. I, I <laughs> and then yesterday, I'm breaking my fast. I'm going to have a salad. Great decision, right? I had lots of stuff on. And before I know, I have this mound of food that would be considered in most you know, countries a feeding trough. And I'm sitting there, and I keep eating, and I'm thinking, I quit being hungry like, you know, 10 minutes ago, because I haven't eaten food all week. (laughs) But I kept eating. And then I finally got up and thought, I'm throwing this away. I got up, and it was only, unfortunately, it was only the last third of the salad. But I, I didn't make a decision that was good for, even though it was good, it's like, I needed to ease out of this, (laughs) but I, I, I didn't focus on So then I felt miserable for eating something good. See, you can feel miserable when you do something good for yourself because it wasn't the right thing you were supposed to do. And that's why you need to make sure that you consume the Word of God. You know what? You can never consume too much of this. But you can mishandle it. See, if someone comes at you and and, and this is particularly beneficial as we were giving marriage counseling this morning in Sunday school, that if your wife comes at you in a moment of discussion, and I'll say a wife because I'm a husband, but if my wife comes at me in the midst of a discussion and I raise up the scripture, get thee behind me, Satan, that's a mishandling of God's word. And it is not going to go well for either one of us. Let me just be honest. See, sometimes we take God's word and we beat someone up with it. That's not the intent of it. God's word is to um, uh, divide bone and marrow. It is to get us to the place where we get to the heart of a problem. And see, and I believe God's word can... Now, if I would have said, honey, let's, let's get into God's word and see what's going on. And I think we could have read and studied and prayed and we would have been able to come to a place like, all right, I see what the problem is today. She's not my enemy. But when I make that statement, I make her an enemy. Now, did, did Jesus quote that passage to, say, or to Peter? 
Absolutely he did. But Peter was getting in the way of what Jesus was supposed to do. And Peter had a good, a pure motive, but he was being led astray by Satan to try to discourage Jesus from fulfilling his mission. And, and if you notice that even after Jesus said that, he still loved Peter. And he went out of his way to show that love. So I want you to understand, I want you to know God's word. I want you to be students of this. So that as you read it and as you study it, it becomes something that is part of who you are. It is a light to our path. It's a guide. It can become our source of our best friend in life. But we have to be students of it. Second Corinthians 11.14 says that uh, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. He will come in a pretty format. But you have to acknowledge who is our battle with as well as who is it not with. What weapons should we use? What shouldn't we use? We should not use boxing gloves when we are dealing with brothers and sisters in the Lord. Unless you're having some fun. Now, if you put these on your kids and you're teaching them how to fight, that's a different thing. But you know what? If you come to me to discuss something going on in your life, I pray that I never put on some gloves and say, let's, let's figure out what your real problem is. Last year, I bought a, a, a prayer shawl. Now, I am not um, Jewish by birth, um, but I've been grafted in, you know. Um, and, I, and I did this so that there are times that I put this on and I come into the, the, the sanctuary and I just begin to pray and I begin to intercede and I begin to seek God. And sometimes this gives me something tangible that I can grab hold of that I can begin to fixate on what God is trying to say and do in my life. See, this is, prayer is a weapon, as, as Meredith was leading in that song in Defender, and we, we got to that song about praise being <laughs> our warfare. This, this last two weeks, I have spent so much time in the house of God just praising God because I knew that there were some battles coming, and I was, I was mentally struggling. I know some of those battles are for you. <laughs> See, I know because I'm the shepherd of the flock that God has placed a responsibility on me to fight for you. And even as I talked about David last week, and there were times as the enemy came in and captured one of the sheep, David went after the wolf. He went after the lion. He went out and he, the bear and he took care of business. He, he saved the life of the sheep. See, I know that's what God has called me to do, is to fight for each one of you. When I am spending time in prayer calling out your name, it is because I know that there is a battle. And I know that I don't walk in 
flesh and blood, but I walk in the Spirit, waging war in the spiritual realm for all of you. And, and my goal is to destroy every lofty argument, every argument that wants to separate God's people from the truth. Second Corinthians 2.11 says that we should, would not be outwitted by Satan for we are not ignorant of his designs. See, today and next week are so that you are not ignorant of the designs of the enemy. Now I know it is not new news to you that Satan is out to destroy you and the church. But we have to prepare ourselves by knowing the truth. As Paul was talking to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, he, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Now, when Paul says finally, I don't think there's ever a final thing. Because Paul's got something more that's going to follow it that's going to be huge. But here he says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Now, who is Paul wanting to direct the attention of the church at Ephesus to? The Lord, not in their own ability. <laughs> Be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. For when we are weak, He is strong. <laughs> and, and, and I'll be honest with you, in your very best day, <laughs> you are no match for the enemy apart from God. <laughs> he was the worship leader of heaven. Do you realize that's why he doesn't want you to worship? That's why he doesn't want you to praise? Because that was the thing that God had placed him in a special position to do, and now he is no longer in that position. He is no longer in that role. He's been cast out. And so every day that you choose to rise up and worship and praise God, it reminds him of what he lost. The ability to lead all of heaven in the moment of worship where there were countless numbers lifting up the majesty of God. And he can't be part of that any longer. And so that's why praise is such a vital role. It's such a vital weapon. One of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of Philippians. One of my favorite verses is, is found in chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, finally, brothers. See, again, Paul loves those words like that. <laughs> whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Again, Paul, as he's, he's culminating his time with the, the church in Philippi, he, he gets them back to this thing that you need to control your thought life and focus on the things of God. I don't know where you're at individually right now. I don't know how good this year has been so far for you, but I know this, 2020, even though it wasn't the year that everyone thought it was going to be, I... I grew so much in 2020. I will never regret 2020 because God taught me so much about who he is. But it's my choice. 
And I'm excited about 2021, not because 2020 is behind me, but because God is so much more present in my day-to-day than even last year. And it's because I've grown closer to Him, and I've grown more dependent on Him. And I've accomplished things already this year that I didn't accomplish last year. But it's because my mindset is on the right things. Church, we are in a fight. We're in a battle. And we need to prepare. I'd like our worship team to come back up and we're going to sing Defender again. And I don't know where you're at in your fight this week. <laughs> Sometimes in a fight you get angry. I was mad this week. I was at times in a moment of crying and weeping. And then there were times I was angry. I was pounding my desk in my office. I'm not angry at an individual. It does me no good to be angry at a person. But I am angry at the, the enemy, the liar. He is identified as the, the chief liar. <laughs> that is part of his identity. And so I've been angry at him, and, and there were times I was yelling at him. Because his desire is to sow discord and division. Church, I need you to understand you're in a fight. You're in a fight for your family, for your own individual life. For this church. And if you don't prepare yourself mentally, if you don't begin to do those things that are going to bring about a conditioning in your soul and your spirit that's going to be ready to fight, when the battle comes, you will not be ready. If you don't know God's Word intimately in your life, the enemy will deceive you with anything that is pretty and fluffy and sounds good. Don't give him access. Take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. That is your challenge. That is your responsibility. That is your requirement. It's not my requirement to make sure you are doing those things. It's yours. I can instruct you. I can teach you. I can prepare you. But if you don't make it part of your daily habits... The enemy will destroy you. I am excited about this year and what God's going to do in your lives. I believe it's going to be an amazing year. And some of that will be tied to, actually most of that is going to be tied to your ability to embrace the Word of God and His truth. And walk in it. 
It doesn't mean you won't have some trials and struggles and challenges. It just simply means that regardless of the trial or struggle or challenge that comes, you have the ability to prevail. Stand strong. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Look for God to move in your moment. Keep an eye out for the enemy as he tries to attack your family or your church because we are part of the family of God. Bow your heads, please. Father, we acknowledge that we're in a fight today. We acknowledge that we have an enemy, an adversary, and we're unwilling to relent. We're unwilling to give in. We're unwilling to go back. We're moving forward. We're moving ahead. We're advancing. We're taking ground because you've called us to advance. This year, we're going to grow. Even in the midst of pain and sorrow, we're going to grow. Even in the midst of loss, we're going to grow. Give us courage. Increase our faith. Increase our boldness. Fill us to overflowing with your presence. No surrender. No retreat. Standing strong in the awareness of who God is in our lives today. This morning as we worship I'm going to invite you to find a place at the altar, if you would. Find a place to worship. And let's begin to call out to God, cry out to God for the battles we're in. The offering plates are on the back bench there if you need to leave in the midst of this time I want to remind you next Sunday after our service we have our annual business meeting you're all invited and encouraged to attend as we set the stage for this next year uh, establishing our budget but I just letting you know now I, I want us to worship here for a moment I want us to to push in to press in to fight our battles a little bit Get out of your seat if you need to there and, and create a transition, a change to become more active in the fight. Worship with us today.
God, we are so encouraged by your word, by your presence, by the opportunities that are presented to us every day to see your name be lifted higher. To see the enemy flee. And so today we make a decision to prepare to be in the fight. To be men and women who rightly divide the word of truth. Today we make the decision that your word is the final decision regarding all areas of our life. That it will give us insight and in, and strength for the fight at hand. It will be our marching orders. It will be our weapon. It will be how we confront the enemy. It is written. Strengthen us, Lord. Father, let us leave encouraged and uplifted because you showed up today. You were present in our praise. We leave stronger today than when we came in. We thank you. We ask your blessing on these things. In your name. Praise God. This time, if our ushers would come, I love our saints that make sure that uh, we're always aware. And I'm just going to encourage you in one last thing here on dealing with uh, the, the miracles. Um, if you'd like to write a blessing to them. Now, I'm going to give you some direction. Don't beg them. <laughs> don't, don't try to plead with them. Bless them. Whatever God does is up to God. I will not in any way try to direct the hands of God. But I want you to just bless them. If they were a blessing to you, be a blessing to them. Write them a blessing. Bring it next week. I'm, I'm putting together a little gift bag for them um, that, that we're just going to say thank you for what you did for us. And uh, you can be part of that. So God bless you. Thank you for your faithfulness and, and uh, all the things that God has put on you. Um, this coming Wednesday, we'll be back to our regular classes and uh, want to in, uh, invite you out. Uh, we, have a, we have a tremendous time on Wednesday night with classes for all ages. So I want to invite you out to come and be part of that. So God bless you. Love on one another today.